Welcome in, everyone. It is Big 12 Bets, a part of the Heartland College Sports Network. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you today as we are more than halfway through this college football season. It is pretty amazing how fast it always goes. A little bit sad, but a little bit, hey, it's a little bit happy, though, to get closer to the Big 12 Championship at the Jerry Dome in that first weekend of December because, boy, this race to the inevitable rematch of Oklahoma and Texas is going to be a whole lot of fun down the stretch here in the Big 12. We're going to be looking for some value in this card this week. We have six conference games to go through here on the show today. Uh, of course, Oklahoma and Texas back in action after their bye weeks of a week ago, of course, we know what happened in Dallas two weeks ago. What a win for the Sooners. And they're up first here on the show. So let's get into it. Of course, before we get into the Knights of Central Florida and the Sooners of Oklahoma, of course, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. If you're tuning in to us for the first time, welcome. Again, this is with the Heartland College Sports Network, heartlandcollegesports.com, where you can find a weekly article as well, breaking down my three favorite plays of this of these six games, as well as three bonus plays. And you better get on it sooner rather than later, because the total on there is not going to be there by the time these games get rolling on Saturday. So hopefully you're tuning in here as this comes out on Wednesday evening. Get right on that total in that one game on the website, heartlandcollegesports.com, for the best bets this week in the Big 12, and three bonus bets exclusively to the website. All right, let's get to it. Knights on the road at Oklahoma, UCF off a bye week as well. It has not gone well for the four newcomers this year to the Big 12. The only wins right now for the newcomers, Central Florida, Cincinnati, Brigham Young, and Houston. BYU beat Cincinnati, and Houston had the miracle of miracles last week against West Virginia. Again, they controlled the whole way. They give up a touchdown with under 20 seconds to go. And then probably one of the worst thrown Hail Marys of all time by Donovan Smith, an absolute line drive that still found a way into the arms of one of his receivers for the game winner at the Horn. So Houston got there. The first win against a non-new member for the quartet that just entered the league this year. So... Very disappointing so far for all these teams. You could argue, well, you can't really argue. It should have been a win already for Central Florida with that disaster at home there in Orlando against the Baylor Bears. What a disaster that was. We don't have to relive that. Uh, but let's get to this Oklahoma 19-point favorites. Total 66 on the DraftKings Sportsbook for this one. Uh, Central Florida gets uh, John Rice Plumlee back, and that is a big deal. And, and look, they got totally reasonable quarterback play with Plumlee on the shelf with his injury. And it wasn't necessarily the offense's fault that things went backwards in this losing streak. I thought McLean was admirable. He was more than good enough in the Baylor game in order to win. Now, when he played well against Kansas State, it's really the defense that has been an abomination so far in conference play. K-State did whatever they wanted. The defense stopped playing in the, in the fourth quarter against Baylor. Of course, that epic collapse. And then Kansas put 51 on them. I know there was a, a kick return mixed in there, but Kansas still averaged eight yards of play. And if you're Central Florida, you're averaging six yards of play in all these games. You take that. Normally, that's good enough to at least get one win. You're normally not going 0-3 in that type of stretch. Oklahoma, of course, this is the first time we've seen them since 
far and away the best win of the Venables era. And, and I wrote this in the article online this week. This Oklahoma team has toughness for the first time in a long time. They have a grittiness that we just haven't seen, even with the good years with Lincoln Riley uh, and some of the back-end good years with Stoops. This team has more toughness than those teams, and we saw it in that game against Texas. We don't see an Oklahoma defense get a goal-line stand against elite, an elite offense very often through the last few years. They did it against Texas. Dylan Gabriel, a drive that will be talked about, especially if this turns into a playoff season for Oklahoma, a drive that will be talked about forever in Norman, and correctly so. What a great drive after Texas stupidly, at least to me, stupidly settled for that field goal right down their throat, right down the field. And, and as soon as they got in the red zone, you knew that Oklahoma is going to find a way to score uh, at the end of the game. And Dylan Gabriel right now, and look, I don't think he can win the Heisman Trophy unless a Michael Penix really falls off. Because Penix is in control of that award right now. He's odds-on at the DraftKings Sportsbook, minus 130. Gabriel and J.J. McCarthy are the next two shortest shots, both at 10-1. to 1. I would not advise a Dylan Gabriel bet. I just think Penix is so far out in front of the field at this point. And if Washington is a playoff-caliber team like they've looked like so far this year, and with a humongous win last week against Oregon, I don't see how Penix doesn't win the award. So I would save your money on that. But... Oklahoma right now, just going through some odds, 12 to 1 to win it all right now. Uh, they're plus 160 to make the college football playoff. They're plus 105 to win the Big 12 title game. I would not bet. Uh, well, you know what? It's interesting. If you think Oklahoma is going to play Texas and Arlington, you can get away with betting plus 105, if, especially if you think Oklahoma is going to go undefeated through the season. Because I think Texas, even though Oklahoma beat them, Texas would be a small favorite in that game, and maybe you're not getting the plus 105. It's an interesting one. I, I think I'd actually stay out of it, in all honesty. It'll probably be a bigger underdog than plus 105 in the Big 12 title game if it is against Texas. Plus 160, I don't think that's a good enough price with all the other teams that are in the mix. An undefeated Pac-12 is champion's going to get in over Oklahoma, and then the big question mark will be what will happen if Florida State, Oklahoma, Washington the Big Ten champion and the and the SEC champion, which at this point would have to be Georgia, all are undefeated. Or a 13-0 Oklahoma against an SEC champion with one loss. I would personally put Oklahoma in over a 12-1 Alabama, 12-1 Georgia, or 12-1 Tennessee or Missouri if we get something really ridiculous out of the SEC East. By the way, no gimme Georgia's going undefeated anymore. They, they, I think they're losing one of the next four with Bowers out. But back to this game. It is a tough spot for Oklahoma off the bye after a monumental win for this team here in 2023. And I'll just throw this out there. Teams are usually not as good as they show the week before and they're not as bad as they show the week before. Now, Central Florida's shown three, three really bad losses in a row. They were really awful against Kansas on the defensive side of the ball. Oklahoma's offense is explosive. But I'm getting a whole 19 points with the Knights here. And the Knights have the offense, even though Oklahoma's defense is really good. They have the offense to score in the high 20s in this game. And if Central Florida's in the high 20s, you need Oklahoma to get into... I mean, Oklahoma's got to be 49-plus in order to beat you if Central Florida ends up in the high 20s. Technically, yeah, 48-28 would beat you too, but we all know the the math on that. 19's too much 
I, I think Central Florida can hang in this game. If you want to take Central Florida first half, plus the points, if you don't think they can hang in the whole game, they're getting 10 and a half first half. I don't mind that. But I think 19 is good on Central Florida here. We'll take the points with the Knights against Oklahoma. Oklahoma still wins, and they probably win handily. But 19 is too much for this one. All right, let's go to Cincinnati next. Noon Eastern for this one at Nippert. Bearcats against the Baylor Bears. I would argue two of the three worst teams in the league at this point. Uh, I I know Houston beat West Virginia. I still think Houston is worse than both, worse than both of these teams. Uh, they really are not a good football team, even though they beat the Mountaineers last week. Since he's a three and a half point favorite, totals fifty and a half on this game. This was also written up in the column. Baylor's defense has been embarrassing so far this year. You take out the LIU game, they're close to giving up seven yards of play on defense. And that is really bad for a team that has a defensive-minded head coach, had a layer of toughness in the early going with Aranda that I was surprised with. And I just am really stunned at how badly the season has gone for the Bears. I thought they would have a backdoor shot with obviously getting some help across the board to make it to Arlington. But this is going to be lucky to be a bowl team at this point. And you can't even really use the Shapen injury as an excuse because the only win they have with Shapen playing was that miracle against Central Florida. They got dominated by Texas Tech. They were dominated in that uh, in that, in that loss week one to Texas State even before the Shapen injury. Uh, and this is really not a, really a disappointing football team. But for lucky for them this week, they go to Cincinnati where I really, I, man... Going into the year with the Bearcats, I love Luke Fickle, and I know things haven't gone perfectly in Wisconsin for him, but he was the perfect coach to lead Cincinnati into this new era of their football program, going into a Power Five for the first time. Even the guy who gets him to the playoff out of the American, he was perfect. Wisconsin comes flying in, pays him a ton of money. I understand why he left Cincinnati. And to flip around and to make a hire in Scott Satterfield, a guy who the Louisville fans wanted out of there for the last two years. Oh, and by the way, even with that loss to Pitt this week, sure seeming like it was the right thing and a good thing that Satterfield is not there anymore in Louisville. Cincinnati has the wrong coach. And what we've seen through the first six games has, exemplif- has really showed example after example of why He's not the right guy. The only game that I really have liked how Cincinnati has played was that game against Pitt. And Pitt's awful, even with that win over Louisville last week. Oklahoma, their defense held up, but Emory Jones has been awful. Emory Jones is just not not a Power 5 quarterback. And no disrespect to the kid, he's just not. He's, not. he's not up to the task. And the problem for Cincinnati is they don't have people behind him who are logical replacements right now for this year. So I'm not certain Cincinnati should be favored against anyone by more than a field goal at this rate, or even a field goal. And it's three and a half right now with Baylor. And I know they have looked bad. But I'm going to take three and a half with the Bears. Uh, If Cincinnati beats me, so be it here. To me, these are teams 12 and 13 in the league, Baylor and Cincinnati. But we'll take the three and a half. I'm not convinced Cincinnati should be more than a field goal against anyone at this point. All right, let's go to Morgantown next. West Virginia looks to bounce back after that ridiculous loss at the Horn to Houston. They take on Oklahoma State, who has found themselves the last two weeks 
where it looked like this was going to be a lost season in Stillwater for Mike Gundy and company. But all Oklahoma State has done the last two weeks is upset both Kansas State and Kansas in Stillwater. Really nice come-from-behind win after blowing the lead early against KU. A week ago, their defense stood strong late in that game. A big turnover, Jason Bean kind of changed the tide of that game. And then, of course, the four and out at the end of the game to get Oklahoma State the victory. A really nice win for Gundy. And I will say now for Oklahoma State, I thought they could be lucky to get to a bowl game with how things look through the first month of the season. Now, it is the expectation. you got to go bowling now if you're Oklahoma State back to a 4-2 and two record where, yeah, you have Bedlam left, but boy, this game is winnable. you got all four newbies left on that schedule. Cincinnati will be favored in next weekend. They'll probably be a road favorite at, at Houston. They'll be favored against BYU. This is a bowl team now. Where it looked like Oklahoma State, boy, after that 33-7 embarrassment at the hands of South Alabama, a really nice turnaround here. And they found their quarterback in Bowman, who has been good enough. Good enough these last two weeks, for sure. He was very good early in that game against Kansas and then found it in that fourth quarter. West Virginia, just a matter of how do you bounce back after having your heart ripped out like that against Houston, where it was a bad loss. And it looked like it was heading towards a bad loss. That fourth quarter was insane with 42 points. Uh, Garrett Green threw the ball better than he has all year. But there still are plenty of concerns about how he plays the quarterback position. And the West Virginia defense gave up seven and a half yards of play to a mediocre Houston offense. So that's a little bit alarming with how good West Virginia's defense has been. Sure, it could be a one-off. Weird road spot on the Thursday night after the bye week. Could be a one-off. But this is now three and a half at DraftKings. Uh, when I wrote up the column, this was mostly three in most spots. Uh, I think a three and a half, you can justify a play on the Cowboys. I, I don't love it. I think it's a lean more than anything. Uh, I think this West Virginia offense still has its problems, even though they're at seven yards of play last week. That had more to do with the horrible defense they were playing more than themselves. And Oklahoma State has found themselves. Now, the only road game Oak State has looked okay, and granted, they've only played two. The Arizona State game, they obviously controlled that game and won. And they, look, they were competitive against Iowa State. They moved the ball. Uh, but three and a half here, probably okay on the Cowboys. You can take three and a half with the Pokes. All right, let's go to Houston and Texas. Longhorns, after their loss to Oklahoma, head to take on the Cougs here. Houston is a 23 and a half point home underdog with a total of 61. I really don't have many thoughts on this game. If we were getting 24 and a half, it'd probably be a play on Houston. Uh, but 23 and a half, you still get a lot of football games to land 24. And once you get north of 21, it's hard to find those big time key numbers just because you're getting to the blowout zone. But I, I don't see how Texas gets stopped in this game. Houston's defense is bad. And Texas's offense had more failures than you would like against Oklahoma. Now, the Sooners have a good defense, as we discussed earlier in the podcast. But... You expect a bounce back from Quinn Ewers after that turnover-filled Red River game. And for Houston, they're coming off a win, their first Big 12 win. I don't expect them to have back-to-back reasonable offensive efforts either. That Texas defense had it shoved down their throat on that final drive, and especially early in that game as well. I expect that Texas defense to be better. So that's the main reason that even though it's a lot of points, 23 and a half in a conference game is a huge number, especially with a road team here being the favorite in Texas. 
I will stay off. I would suggest staying off here. Again, I still have Houston as my worst team. Still, Power Rate is the worst team in this league. Uh, if they cover here and Cincinnati look, Cincinnati or Baylor look bad against the other here, we may be talking about Houston moving up and the loser of that Cincinnati-Baylor game moving down to 14. If both of those, wh- whoever loses that game looks bad. Uh, no play here on Houston and Texas. All right. Here's another play that we wrote up in the column, and this was almost a double play, actually. It would have would have been the first double play of the year for a single game. BYU hosting Texas Tech. Texas Tech, uh, again, Morden leaves the game with an injury. The true freshman quarterback comes in behind him, one good drive, and then now is that. Uh, so I can't really blame Texas Tech for what happened to them against K-State, even though... <laughs> Even though you can argue with Will Howard getting hurt in that game and Johnson coming in, who really, yeah, he went 8-9 through the air, really has no ability to throw the ball, and you still went Ward run for 120 on you, and Johnson had the historic five-touchdown game and 90 yards on 13 carries. You kind of have to ask ask yourself what the heck are you doing if if you're the Texas Tech coaching staff. How do you let that happen? How do you not adjust to what Kansas State was doing, especially after Howard went out of the game? And at least for Texas Tech, BYU, their offense, we've talked about BYU. Those games have been priced low in totals. And BYU, every game but one has gone over so far this year. The only under was game one against Sam Houston, which was 14 nothing. But BYU's offense, it was not their offense that got it there last year, last week against TCU. It was the defense who was awful in that game in that blowout loss in Fort Worth. Under four yards of play for BYU last week. They couldn't run the ball. Slovis was bad again. But this is a good opportunity for BYU to get right here. I'm surprised this is as high as this is. I thought this should have been Texas Tech 1. And this is BYU's a four and a half point underdog here. Texas Tech laying it in Provo. This is 7 o'clock Eastern game, by the way, in uh, at BYU. And four and a half. Look, if Texas Tech can beat me, if it's a banged up Morden or if it's the third stringer, go ahead, beat me. Beat me a four and a half. And if they do, so be it. Then Texas Tech uh, will have deserved that win and that cover. I also surprised this total so low at 52. I, I know BYU's offense does not scream overs, but again, all these games are going over for BYU because there's been a lot of possessions and there have been turnovers. And Texas Tech's defense is coming off getting embarrassed last week on the ground. BYU can't run the ball. But if they're ever going to be able to run the ball, it's coming this week against Texas Tech. So I do have a lean to the over. Again, monitor the quarterback situation for the Red Raiders. See who's playing. Even if it's a banged up Morton, I like this a little bit more. But uh, again, I like plus four and a half better with BYU. We'll take the points with the Cougars in that one. All right, the Purple Bowl in Manhattan's our last game here today on the pod. Kansas State, six and a half point favorites against TCU. 59 the total. Boy, the Horned Frog offense looked a whole lot better last week. 44-11 in that beatdown. What an outing for Josh Hoover in his first start. Threw 58 times, which is obviously an asinine amount of times. But over 400 yards, he looked comfortable Good decisions for the most part, except for one of the two interceptions. Very impressive showing from TCU last week in that absolute annihilation of BYU. We already talked about Kansas State as well. 
Will Howard gets injured early in that game. And, you know, this week, you're looking at a split based off of what Kleiman is saying. Now, Howard has struggled at times this year. As we know, that horrible intercept, the horrible interception game against Oklahoma State. And look, Avery, Avery Johnson played awesome last week. Good decisions with his arm, and he was obviously incredible on the ground. And you're going to see a split of playing time, and this is always a dangerous game for me when you see the playing time split. And at 59 here on the total, I, I don't want to touch this. I would lean TCU at six and a half getting the points in this game just because the split of quarterback play scares me. And look, with Howard, I don't know if this is a few, I don't know if he's not 100, he's not 100% healthy, but I just don't know if it's more than that going on. But with always with this, with the split quarterbacks, and this is why I was looking to fade Oklahoma State earlier in the year before Bowman took that job for good. It is frightening to see multiple quarterbacks. So this is a lean to TCU at six and a half. Hoover, I think, will be able to move the ball in that injured K-State defense. I don't the over, I don't again, I would lean to the over at 59, but I think we're gonna stay off of this in the end. All right. All the games for this week. Good luck, everyone. This has been Big 12 Bets, part of the Heartland College Sports Network. I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again next week. Final Saturday of October next week. How about that? We're getting into deep fall here in this college football season in 2023.